happy tenant is a good tenant. We did not intend to be in the property management business. The property management industry is very sharing. We're providing housing for human lives. And life happens to everybody. You don't manage as many properties as I do without the stories. Like six grown men jump back like, what the hell was that? Something's about to eat us. You're listening to the Property Manager Podcast, brought to you by Buildium. Real stories, real people. I'm Caroline Thompson from Buildium, and this is the Property Manager Podcast. Five years ago, Susan Golding was a realtor in Northern California when one of her clients asked her to manage the properties she just sold him. They were his investment properties, and he didn't live in the area, so it only made sense to ask his trusted realtor to help manage them. Susan had no idea what she was doing and admitted that. Although she had thought about entering the property management industry, this was the push she needed to jump all in. Today, Susan owns Crown Key Realty and Property Management and currently manages 80 properties. She's a great example of what to do when you're new to the industry and have no idea where to start. Her advice? Just go for it. My name is Susan Golding and I work or I own Crown Key Realty and Property Management. So I'm the owner, broker, President, CEO. So how long have you been in the property management industry? We've been, we, I've been in the property management business now about six years. I had a client who was buying, because I'm a realtor, so yeah. you know, buying so real estate, and I was had a client who was buying two houses, one for his two-year-old and one for his infant baby as their college fund. <laughs> he said, I'm going to, I have money, that's how I'm going to set aside money for their college, and it's Smart. actually working out yeah. really well for him. He's got about a 150,000 profit in each one right now. And he said, but I need someone to manage it because he didn't live in the area. And I said, well, I have a couple people. He says, no, I want you to do it. And I said, well, you were currently the realtor. I was a realtor. I was not doing property management. Curious why he asked you that. Exactly. He goes, I trust you. I trust you with my property because I'm close and he was about an hour away. Okay. And so I said, I, I have thought about property management, but I really don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I don't either, so figure it out. Together, kind, of. <laughs> kind of, and that's kind of how it started. And mm-hmm. it went, so that was five years ago with his two properties, and I've got 85 now. So those two properties grew over six years into 85. Yes. So you quickly learned the kind of the role of the property manager and grew from there? Like, how did you learn so, so quickly? So, when I decided to take on his properties, mm-hmm. I knew I needed to do it right. I know that property management can get you in a lot of trouble with the DRE pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So, I immediately joined NARPM and CalNARPM. I went to the broker owner retreat in Vegas, which was silly because most of those broker owners have thousands, and here I was with two. You start yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I was just like, and I was just totally bright-eyed and knew nothing and Mm -hmm. then at that time we'd been doing about six months I was doing just kind of hand logging and Mm -hmm. stuff but it was like I've got to get this if I'm going to scale it I've got to learn what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and then it just started kind of being word of mouth and this year I actually bought another gentleman's property he had 30 so that that made me go from 50 to 80 really quick. So you quickly fell into this industry and you joined, it sounds like a lot of associations and kind of networking to learn quickly how the ropes of the property management industry. How did you quickly scale then? Did you know initially that you wanted to scale or was that, did you just kind of stumble? No, I I knew that if I was gonna do it, Mm -hmm. you needed more than two properties. Two's just kind of, I mean, two's easy and and it's not hard, but Mm -hmm. you're probably not gonna learn all the ins and outs with only two properties. So in some ways you get almost in more trouble with so few, Mm -hmm. especially if you're just kind of doing it for a friend. So in talking to several people, they're like, you know, this is a sustainable business, real estate goes up and down, property management is very 
steady, just get your systems in place, learn everything you can, mm -hmm. and go for it. Yeah, so yeah. you just went into it. Yeah, I just jumped in. <laughs> I feel like a lot of property managers do that, though. They just kind of fall into the industry and have to quickly learn. Yeah, I'm not so. sure anybody goes, I think I want to be yeah. a property manager. When I grow up. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't see yeah. that as really what they choose. Mm -hmm. And so you're still a real estate agent today? I am. So do you still buy or sell? Yeah, we st we st I still help clients buy okay. and sell. Awesome. And how did you kind of blend the two into one business? I don't know that a lot of property managers, I think, sell their owner's properties when they get ready to turn them over. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many of them are active, actively out there looking for buyers and, and additional sellers. So for me, I they're very two very distinct and different businesses and it's that first to the tenth of the month when rents are coming in yeah. and owners are going to pay that's really crazy to be doing both but mm -hmm. then after the tenth it gets fairly calm and you can do both mm -hmm. so my family just knows leave me alone <laughs> for the first half of the month for the first two weeks of the month and <laughs> yeah. then and then I'll surface again yeah. and and really it depends how much real estate I've got going on okay. if I've got a couple of deals going on with mm -hmm. buyers or sellers then it's really chaotic and I feel a little bit like I'm not mm -hmm. keeping all the balls in the air yeah and um, but for the most part I can do it and then I've, I've got help I and mean, okay. I've got a couple people that help me okay. so it's a team effort and do you think that knowledge of the prior knowledge of being a real estate agent helped you scale your business or not mm. really I don't think no I don't think so because real estate's way is different in that once you've helped them find a house you move on to the next person okay. I most people who are really investor type buying properties there's no emotion they want it to cash flow mm -hmm. or close okay. where when you're helping people buy a house it's emotions it's their home mm -hmm. it's not a business it's, okay. it's not a thing mm -hmm. so I think they are really different in that aspect okay. Susan's background is in real estate and today she manages single-family properties since this was all pretty new to her I wanted to learn how she handles tenant relationships while still keeping the owner's interest in mind Legally, my responsibility is to the owner. Okay. Kind of morally, my responsibility is to both. Mm -hmm. And so, and I tell the owners that, you know, a, a good, a happy tenant is a good tenant. And for you, your most important thing is a happy tenant that's going to stay in your house for as long as they'll stay in your house. If mm -hmm. they stay in your house 30 years, they just paid your mortgage. That's true. And so we want to keep the tenant happy within, within reason. Mm -hmm. And we always get the owners that I'm not paying for any repairs and I'm not this and I've kind of taken it I started taking it out of the realm of their house and saying when you rent a car it hurts and it needs gas you put gas in it but if the tire has a flat you're not going to go buy new tires mm -hmm. same with your tenants they're mm -hmm. living in it they're using it they're going to pay the electric bills they're going to do the little things but when it comes to repairs most of those are on you now if you crash the car that's on you so yeah. same with them mm -hmm. if they their child puts the you know hot wheel down the toilet now that's yeah, their cost mm -hmm. so I just feel like the ten and there are property managers like with yeah. the tenants mm -hmm. that's just not yeah, me yeah and that may be coming from the real estate side too is that it's you're always trying to be a win-win always trying to make people happy instead of it being one way yep so how do you I guess approach owners who don't really want to think about the tenants in that realm and that this is their home and you're kind of you're kind of the mediator. How do you handle that if someone's Most, very aggressive? You know, I think really a lot of it is education. Mm -hmm. um, 
I have. I did tell one owner that I just I thought he really needed to find a different property manager. Okay. I'm in a position now where I don't feel like I need to take every single owner and every single property that comes my way. That's a good position to be in. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's not worth it. It's just, it's not worth it. It's mm -hmm. not worth the headache when the tenant, because what ends up happening is the tenant calls and says, my garage door broke. Okay, that's something that goes up and down every day. It's not something the tenant would have done. It's something because the house is 15 years old and garage door springs break. They just do. And the owner says, I'm not fixing that, you know, and then usually what ends up happening is, because I'm really nice, is I end up paying for it. Oh, really? Which is really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Does that happen often? No, okay. but, it, but it's happened because I, and those are the owners that I'm just like, you know what, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I, we re evaluate once a year. I go through and say, either problem properties, problem owners, and just say, I'm sorry, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I need to end our relationship. Is that how you often handle it? Cause it I mean, it's a fortunate position to be in where you can kind of pick and choose the um, owners that you're going to be working with. How do you kind of determine, oh, this is a good fit for my company, or oh, it's not, and how do you handle that? It's mostly how we interact with each other. Okay. Because I'm, I'm, I have one owner in particular who he's very adamant that he will pay for the home warranty, Mm -hmm. And the, the tenant has to pay the service call, the $75 service call. And here again, I said, you know, the tenant just moved in. If the dishwasher breaks and they've been in the house two days, that's mm -hmm. not fair to have them have to pay that. So for him and I, we've reached a compromise now that for the first six months of the tenant living there, he would pay the co-pays. Okay. After six months, they will. And then we explain it to the tenant. Mm -hmm. You know, the owner's paid for the home warranty if it's more than the 65 or $75. But I also explain to the owners, what you don't want to have happen is you don't want there to be a leak under the kitchen sink. The tenant doesn't want to pay for the repair. The tenant doesn't want to pay the copay. And now three years later, mm -hmm. you have mold and dry rot and, and a bigger problem. Yeah. We want the tenant to call us when mm -hmm. they see something. Yeah. And if they think they're going to have to pay for it to be penalized, they're not going to call us. That's true. So that's my job is to protect the owner's property. And that's mm -hmm. usually what I try to explain to them is that's one of the reasons you've hired a property manager. It's also to create that relationship with the residents just so then it kind of back exactly. turns back around and supports the owner. Right. right? Because yeah. we want the owners or the, and we want the tenants to say, my property manager is really fair. Mm -hmm. Over six years, Susan's company has grown from managing those two initial properties to now managing 80 properties. I always find it interesting to see how property managers' mentality changes from when they first started their companies to where they're currently at today. I wanted to know how Susan grew her portfolio. In going to NARPM and CalNARPM, everybody said, once you start, you will go pretty quick. So okay. we went, we kind of went two to 10 to 20. You know, it, it was kind of like just in jumps because now what we're getting is the referrals. You okay. know, I'm getting, I have one gentleman who's given me five of his friends. So awesome. that starts, that starts mm -hmm. adding up. How really do you start quickly. that kind of connections with other people in the industry? Um, with the owners, they're just happy with the job. So they have a friend says, oh, I need a property okay. manager. And they say, oh, my property manager is mm -hmm. great. And then most realtors and a lot of brokerages won't let their realtors do property management. So oh. for that, um, it depends on the situation. Most of the time, I'll, I'll pay a referral fee to the realtor if they're giving me a property. I'll give them $150, $200. Mm -hmm. not a, it's not a lot, but yeah. it's something for them. And then I keep track of who gave me that lead and referral. And okay. So because realtors, obviously, their clients are most important. And so what they don't want to have happen is they, well, they worry about it. Not that they can manage it themselves, but if the owner decides to sell, mm -hmm. then they call me instead of them. So 
I just I keep track and, and I tell them, you know, if the owner calls me and says they're selling, I'm going to tell them they need to call you. Mm -hmm. I've had it where the owner said, I haven't talked to, you know, Susie Jones for five years. Why am I calling her? Mm -hmm. Well, she originally said to me, yeah, I don't want to deal with her. So then I'll still pay that realtor like a 25% referral fee so that they still get paid for having given me the client. After talking to a variety of property managers, I've learned that most don't seek out this industry, but unintentionally fall into it. I asked Susan what her advice would be to fellow property managers who found themselves in a similar position that she was in six years ago. Go to every property management class and meeting you can. Mm -hmm. I know that there's online stuff through California Association, Association of Realtors, and you can get designations. Just like anything else, those designations, I'm not sure, really help you to run your business. Mm -hmm. The best thing you can do is talk to other property managers as a whole. I think the property management industry is very sharing mm -hmm. and very willing to share information. Have your systems in order. You have to have your systems. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of property management softwares out there. If you're going to be new to property management, you have to have your systems and don't even try to do everything on an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> it won't work. Start it is. Yeah, you just you're keeping a, you know, a paper tally and mm -hmm. that's fine until you start having move-ins, move-outs, repairs, kind of more tasks piling up and it's harder to yeah, organize. Exactly. Well, it's interesting to hear you reflect back on your business over the past 6 years and now I'm thinking do you ever think futuristically and kind of goals you're setting for yourself and working towards? Yeah, right now we've kind of set a goal like we want to hit 100. That's kind of our new milestone. I think once I get to 100, 200 properties, I need more of a full-time staff. Right now I just have some part-time help and the gentleman that helps me does primary. I've got kind of two part-time people that just kind of they're not even, they're not employees, so I don't pay them on a regular basis. Okay. One helps, he's a realtor too, he mm -hmm. just doesn't have a lot of real estate business, so he helps. He handles all the repair requests, he helps show houses, and then I have a handyman that's just a handyman, but he's pretty much only works for us. Okay. And those are, that's a key person. You've got to have your, your service people mm -hmm. in line. So I would, I would like to be large enough that when I decide to retire, I can either hire someone full-time to run it so I don't have to be in the office or I can sell it. And property mm -hmm. management is really the only thing in real estate that you have you can sell. I mean, I have a company and I have agents that work for me, mm -hmm. but if I retire, that's not really saleable because they're 1099, they don't have to stay, right? Mm -hmm. Property management, I have contracts with owners. Okay. That makes it sellable. If you've listened to our first two episodes, or if you're a property manager yourself, you know there's a bunch of crazy stories out there in the industry. It's my favorite way to end our interviews by asking about the good and the bad that they'd like to share with our listeners. Susan definitely had some heartwarming ones for us, which are always a nice reminder that what you're doing is making a difference in someone's life. So we had a gentleman, it was actually, we were fairly new. We, mm -hmm. we were pretty new. And he told us that he had a felony on his record nobody would rent to him. Okay. And again, we were pretty new. So we ran his credit. He had a felony when he was 18, and he was 54. Okay. So that was a while ago. <laughs> a little while ago. And so we talked to the owner, and I mean, it was like a dumb teenage thing. Mm -hmm. And the owner was like, yeah, let's you know, go for it. And he ended up being one of our best tenants. He was there for like six years. He, never, he always paid on time. He, mm -hmm. he was just a great, a great tenant time. because he was really grateful. Mm -hmm. So I think in some ways that, for us, 
not that we look for the worst case because we don't, mm -hmm. but sometimes those clients that are so grateful, you're going to give them a chance to your best clients, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. That makes complete sense. Um, oh, we had another a gentleman who they'd been in our one of our houses about a year, and they were always on time, always. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, the rent started coming five days late, ten days late, partial payments. I called. I said, Jeff, what's going on? He said, I got in a car accident. I hurt my back. I'm out of work because I do construction. And he came in the office. He brought me $500. He says, this is all I have. Right. And he's in tears. This is all I have right now mm -hmm. because I don't even know where I'm going to go get money for diapers. Oh, oh great. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. here's $100 of it back. Mm -hmm. Go get diapers and formula because I knew his wife had had a baby like four weeks before. So he was just stressed to the max, yeah. right? And he was like so grateful and it took him about four months and I talked to the owner and the owner's like that's fine just pay kind of pay me out of their security deposit and when he pays you at the end of the month put, put it back, back in kind of thing and I, he just you know raved about he was so grateful we gave him a chance mm -hmm. at, here again the caring for people right it's it all gets, about the relationship it is and life happens to everybody Right. I think that's important to keep in mind too that these are people, these are their homes, and to think about it from their perspective too. And life happens; yeah. it just does. And mm -hmm. you know, we've we've all been there where you're like, oh, "What am I gonna yeah. do?" You yeah. Know. So that was that was one that always really just stuck with me because mm -hmm. he just needed a break. That and makes sense. No, that makes complete sense. And it's very fortunate that you were able to help him out a little yeah. bit. And the owner was, and mm -hmm. the owner was reason. And there, that's where I go back to those reasonable owners. Yeah. You know, I mean, so I have I have one owner. The very first month I took over his property, this is one of those owners that I'm like, okay, we need to come to a meeting. And the minds are, you're not going to be my client anymore. Mm -hmm. On the first, he called me to ask me if his check had been deposited into his bank. I'm like, when did you think I got the tenant's rent? Yeah. Well, have they paid? He said, no, they have until end of business today. Well, mm -hmm. when am I going to get? I said, I already told you when you'd get your check. Between the 8th and the 15th, depending mm -hmm. on when the tenant. Well, why isn't it in my bank account? I go, because the tenant brought me the check 10 minutes ago and I need for it to clear my bank. Mm -hmm. I mean, so we had to have, just have to set a few discussions, <laughs> yeah, about what the timing on banking. Yeah. Like, how do you not know this? So, yeah. um, and that, but part of there again, it's education. Mm -hmm. Communication. Communication, setting expectations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As long as they know, I think that helps. Susan's go for it mentality was refreshing to hear. As she mentioned, most people don't grow up wanting to be a property manager. It's a stressful and often thankless job, but I've found those who are in it are very hardworking. Susan's a prime example. She had no idea what she was doing when she started, but she committed to it and found resources, both locally and nationally, such as NARPM, to help educate herself. With this type of mentality, it's very clear why Susan is successful today. However, similar to other property managers I've spoken with, Susan is always working towards a new goal. Hers being reaching 100 properties soon. This drive, combined with her overall mentality of life happens, is what has helped Susan build great relationships in the industry and sets her on a road to more growth and success. As always, if you loved today's story or if we didn't cover something you'd like to hear more of, please let us know. Feel free to email us questions and comments at podcast at buildium.com or find Buildium on social media and use the hashtag buildiumpodcast. I promise you we'll read every single one and only help us to continually improve our show. So thank you in advance. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Property Manager Podcast to not miss out on any future episodes. We'll be releasing a new one every other week. Thanks for listening.